this morning and for all of you. You know, each week we show up and we take for granted that things just show up up here. They've worked so hard at it. And we have our AV and sound, uh, Pat and Paul and others who step up that we really appreciate and that set up and tear down. I know many of you do. This is not our permanent space, right, with the setup. So we're really appreciative of you. I've been learning uh, a lot recently, or at least trying to, about something called emotional intelligence or EQ. Anybody familiar with that? Anybody? All right. The idea of emotional intelligence or EQ is that you know your own emotions and you know the emotions of maybe the person you're talking to or interacting with. You're self-aware of what you're feeling and you're aware perhaps of the way someone else is feeling and you know how you are coming across to them and maybe they to you. People like that, we would say, are developed emotionally. They have a high EQ or emotional intelligence. But I'm sure no one in here, there are those with low EQ, low emotional intelligence, not aware of their own emotions, nor aware of the people they are interacting with, and they tend to be very insensitive people. There was a meeting that I was at last month, a group of 50 people in a room of leaders. And there was one specific leader that was supposed to lead the group. But during the meeting, within the first 10 minutes, the group was hijacked by another leader who stood up and took charge. He has no concept. He couldn't read anybody in the room that were squirming and uncomfortable. He had no concept of the way he was coming across and how he was being perceived. He had low EQ, or shall we say, He was clueless. And parents can have this same low EQ as well. A mom or dad can be harsh with their kids, yell at their kids, be mean to their kids, pick on their kids, and have no concept of their own emotions nor the emotions of their children. And maybe you've seen it in a coworker. You ever seen a coworker just kind of throw a fit? You're like, did he? Did he just throw a fit? No concept of their own emotions and how they're coming across and how they're being perceived. uh, perceived. And so all the literature would say these people have low EQ. And I've been thinking about that. And I've been thinking about other people who have low EQ because it's always other people, right? And I think, you know, I'm going to pick another word. I'm not going to call it low EQ. I know in in some instance it may be a low EQ, but when people come across like that, unaware of their own emotions and the way they are treating other people, I'm going to to pick another word instead of EQ. In some sense it may be, be EQ, low EQ, but I would say in most cases, the more appropriate word is not low EQ. I think it's the word pride. People that come across like that are proud and arrogant people. And unfortunately, many of them have no clue. Are you the kind of person that others have to walk around and be careful what they say in your presence? Are you the kind of person when others interact with you You can tell that they are tentative because they're not quite sure if you are about to blow. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, 
This sermon on pride is for you. But obviously, it's for all of us because we all struggle with pride. But keep this in mind. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. This summer we've been doing this uh, series called The Trivial Life, exploring and escaping the default mode of the human heart. And the question that we've been asking over and over again is, why does your life often trend toward that which is trivial? Why do the decisions you make and your thoughts often trend toward that which is trivial, that things that don't really matter, you spend your time and your thoughts dealing with things that are really of little importance in light of eternity? And the answer we determined that a lot of that has to do with our hearts. Our hearts are off. Our thoughts and our minds are off, where we trend toward that which is trivial. But the good news we've seen through this series is that you're not destined to live a life of purposelessness. You're not destined to live a life of meaninglessness. You're not destined to keep falling back into the trivial life because you, if you're a believer, can make decisions that push back against the trivial life because if you're a believer, you've repented of your sins, put your faith in Jesus who died in your place, filled you with the Holy Spirit, you now have power to make decisions away from the trivial life and start living a life, what I would like to call the weighty life. And why do we call it the weighty life? Because when we think of God and all of his characteristics and his perfections and who he is, that is often what we call his glory. And in the Old Testament, the word kind of underpinning the word glory is the word heavy. So when we think of God and all of his characteristics all put together, we can say glory or we can say that is really heavy. God is weighty. And so as believers, we want to find ourselves trending away from the trivial life to living the glory of the weighty life that brings praise and honor to Christ. But if you're like me, you'll often find your heart going back to the trivial life. You'll often find yourself worshiping things of this world. You'll often find yourself worshiping idols, whether it's money or success or whatever. You always find yourself kind of trending back toward the trivial life. And I think a lot of the, 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 the things that underpin that, that cause that, I think often comes down to the issue of pride. And so I ask you, during this sermon to do one thing, lots of things, but this one thing, do not think of anybody else. No elbows to the person next to you. No text messages. He's talking about you. Think about yourself. And ask this question, what is pride? Last night at family worship, I asked that question, what is pride? I want my kids to think through, what is pride? And pride is basically setting yourself up as better than other people. Almost like 
setting yourself up better than even God. That's what, what pride is. And the, and the way I think through pride is, is pride is an independence from God and a disregard for others. And humility is a dependence on God and service to others. And so we're going to talk about pride and humility today. That's the way I understand it, and I think this will be kind of organized. Now, for the record, this is not the way we normally preach here. We go through books of the Bible. We finish Revelation in June. We're starting Song of Solomon in about two to three weeks. So this morning, if, if we're not going to be in one passage. So if you're a Baptist, you're going to love it. But for the rest of us who are normal, uh, yeah, <laughs> just kidding. The rest of us are used to just going through uh, one passage. It's going to be kind of hard. Uh, there's going to be a ton of passages. I'll put them up. So I'm sorry there's so many passages. Not sorry. It's good to get in the Word. All right? So let's start with our first passage. Let me put it up for you. Proverbs 16:18. This is kind of our launching verse. It says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The idea of a fall for the proud, uh, according to one scholar, this idea is a shattering of the body, a fracturing of the limbs. It's a haughty and proud spirit is a prelude to a fall. Now, I'm going to quote here uh, from a, a Star Trek movie, and I will never do this again, I'm sorry, but for those of you who are into it, here's your chance. Uh, there is an admiral speaking to one of the younger leaders in training. And this admiral says to this young guy, he says, there's greatness in you, but there's not an ounce of humility. You think that you can't make mistakes, but there's going to come a, time, going to come a moment when you realize you're wrong about that and you're going to get yourself and everyone under your command killed. And I think the same that could be said uh, for many of you. You have the ability to do great things, but there is not an ounce of humility. You have the ability to do great things, but there is not an ounce of humility. Many of you, most of you are gifted. You have a lot of talents and abilities, but there's not an ounce of humility. And pride comes before a fall. What I'm basically going to be telling you over and over again today, whether you get it or not, is that humble yourself or God will humble you. I've seen it over and over again in my own life and the life of other Christians where if they do not humble themselves, God will humble them. I've seen it over and over again where one Christian acts in one certain way towards someone and I just sit back and watch and I go, all right, you watch this. It's going to be turned back on them in a matter of time. And it happens. And it happens. In fact, there was this one, one person at my last church, which is very interesting. Um, she told me, she called me up years later. She said, I am so sorry for the way I treated you. I was so bad to you. And right now, people are treating me the same way. And part of me wants to go, yes. But you don't want to do that, right? Because you're like, no, that's what God's going to do to me too, right? So you humble yourself or God's going to humble you because God loves you. He wants to discipline you. And so you want to be aware, okay, okay, I want to walk in humility and not in pride. Let me put another verse up for you. Proverbs 14.3. By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. 
The idea is that out of this person's mouth comes this rod that smacks them on the back because their words are damaging them. Proud words will hurt you. Proud words could cause you not to get a job. Proud words could cause you to lose your job. Proud words and arrogant words can mess up your, a friendship. And proud words can really, I guess what, they can even destroy your family. Let me put this up for you. Proverbs fifteen twenty five. Most of you need to write this down or remember this, especially the dads in here. Uh, the Lord tears down the house of the proud but maintains the widow's boundaries. So the humble widow is protected by the Lord, but the Lord tears down the house of the proud. You may think that your arrogance as a mom or dad stops with you, but your arrogance trickles down to your children, and you may wonder, why are my kids so arrogant and proud? Well, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. It's because that trickled down from you. And the Lord tells us this in Proverbs 16.5. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. The Lord in his all-seeing eyes cares about us, loves us. And of course, he goes out to punish the wicked. Who, the wicked who will never repent, perhaps, and will end up going to hell. But for his children, he disciplines us in love, and he will bring hardships our way because what he wants to do is he wants to humble us so that we're dependent on him and not trying to override him and override other people. So this morning, I have hope for you. I have hope for you that you will not be a fool. Proverbs 26.12 says, Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Bruce Walkie says, What's worse than a fool is a deluded fool. A fool who has no concept. You would say he has low EQ. He's just a deluded fool walking in his pride. Now, what I want to know is, what is going on inside my heart when I am walking in pride? What is going on in your heart when you are walking in pride? I really want to know, what are the inner workings of pride? Because if I can know what's going on inside me, you can know what's going on inside you. You can start to put your finger on some of these things and perhaps deal with them. So let's go with this inner workings of pride. Let me put it up the first one up to you. The first one, pride leads you to believe that you are the ultimate source of wisdom. Pride leads you to believe that you are the ultimate source of wisdom. Proverbs uh, 26, 12, let me re let's read this one again. Do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. The Bible consistently warns about those who are locked in their own wisdom apart from God. I'll even give you a New Testament verse, 1 Corinthians 3.18. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool, that he may become wise. The Bible is calling us to become fools in the eyes of the world in order that we become wise in the eyes of God, to forsake these worldly ways and become fools in order to grow in wisdom. Are you ready to become a fool in the eyes of the world, to become wise in the eyes of God? 
Well, let's do some more of this inner working of pride. Pride also can lead you to believe that you are right with God and better than others. Pride can lead you to believe that you are right with God and better than others. Proverbs 30, verses 12 and 13 says, There are those who are clean in their own eyes, but are not washed of their filth. There are those, how lofty are their eyes, how high their eyelids lift. This proverb is describing deplorable people who are self-deceived of their goodness and arrogance. And they look down at others because they think they are, they're good in their own eyes. They, they look down at others not knowing that they are arrogantly uh, still in their filth. They've not been washed of their filth. It's a very disgusting uh, picture of, of excrement all over them. They think they're clean, but they have excrement all over them, which is a depiction of their sin. They're self-deceived. They think they're good. It reminds me of the, uh, the Pharisee. Remember him in, in the New Testament? When he's looking down at the sinner in Luke 18, 11, he says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. So this is a person who's looking down at others and thinks that he is right with God. But the Bible tells us clearly in 1 John 1, 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Many people believe, and I would say even many Americans believe, that they are going to die, and when they die, they are going to walk right into the presence of God. Maybe God's going to be so cool with them because they've been such a good person. He's going to welcome them into heaven because they've been good. Many people believe that. They're going to be cool with God one day, and they're going to walk right into his presence, just stroll casually in, and, and everything's going to be good for eternity. And I was thinking about that, and I started thinking about, you know, the very popular event this week of the eclipse. And I want to see a connection there. And I was thinking, oh, eclipse, who, who caused the eclipse? I guess yeah, God did. And so I don't know what you were doing during the eclipse. I was, I was in uh, Skokie. It was really cloudy. could barely see it. I spent most of my time yelling at my kids to not look. <laughs> don't look, don't look, don't look. You'll burn your eyes out. It's going to be worse, terrible. Anyway. Uh, and I was reading a lot about the eclipse, and I've read this one guy. He wrote something really good. He said, you know, the sun, it can burn our eyes out from 92 million miles away. And many people believe that one day they're just going to stroll into the presence of its maker. Think about that. We have to wear special glasses to see this sun so our eyes don't get burned out. And many of us think, we're just going to stroll on into God's presence and say, everything's cool. It's not going to work like that. And if you have that in your heart, that you're such a good person, that you'll be cool with God one day, that is as a proud way to think and arrogance because the only way that you can be in God's presence is in Jesus Christ and through faith in him because he is the only one that's complete perfection so that you can stand for the complete, perfect, holy one. Let's keep going with this inner working of pride. Pride leads you to uh, seek your own glory instead of the glory of God. 
I put this verse up to you. It's about, it's about um, honey and eating. It's uh, Proverbs uh, comes out. Let me see if I can find this verse. Proverbs comes up and talks about, says, It's not good to eat much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. You get that? It's not good. You eat too much honey. What's going to happen? You're going to get sick. I don't know if any of you ever really have ate a lot of honey, but maybe over the holidays or breaks, you eat a lot of food. You go out to eat and you feel so stuffed. Well, seeking your own glory is just like that. It's sickening. So if you're seeking your own glory, it's a temptation we all face. It's, and we're really subtle about it, uh, but it's, it's sickening. All that to say, this is the trivial life. This is the trivial life of, of living and pride that we all struggle with. Now, the, the issue is how do you move from pride to humility? And once again, it keeps coming back to Christ. Christ humbled himself. Christ forgives the proud. Christ died on the cross in your place for your arrogance and your pride. He forgives you when you repent, fills you with the Spirit. And then we have this inner changing that takes place where we start to be convicted of our pride and our arrogance and we start start to walk in humility and grace. And it's, it has to be a work of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to do a deep work in you. You have to be convicted and you have to turn from that and start to walk in humility. And that's what I want. I'm sure that's what you want. And we, we want this, this, this inner workings of humility. We want to Embrace this uh, great uh, reversal. Now, do we have that, that image that we can put up on the screen? That, that, uh, there we go. Uh, this, I want to talk to you about this. This is a pretty fancy drawing I created. Actually, Pat created it. I wrote it by hand. <laughs> I share this with our apprentices. We have pastoral apprentices that are going to be pastors. We've been having pastor apprentices, residents, and interns for years that are training to be uh, future leaders. Now, when they come in, most of them are teachable. They're like, we know nothing, teach us, oh master, right? <laughs> so they want to be taught, right? They're very open. And then when they start learning a lot, they start feeling pretty good about themselves. Not all of them, not all of them. That's not for every person, but they start to get pride, very proud and very arrogant. And they start saying, why does EBF do this? Why does Pastor Jason do this? Ew. And they start to look, start to look down. This is what happens. It's like we know it's going to happen, right? And then we want them to leave here with confident humility, right? And that's kind of what you would see in your job and your life. You want to be teachable. You don't want to be arrogant. And you want to have this confident humility. Now, the question is, how do you get from the, the, up, in the, up there on the pride and arrogance down to the confident humility? Like, if you, are you wondering? This is the big answer. Like, how does that happen? And here, here's, here's how it works. It happens through suffering. It does. It happens through challenges. It happens through pain. But it doesn't have to be that painful. Because you can humble yourself. Or God will humble you. You can humble yourself and, and avoid a lot of that. Or God's going to humble you. So let's talk about these inner workings of humility. The inner workings of the humility. The person embraces uh, the great reversal. Do you know what the great reversal is? Well, 
the great reversal, once you think about this, is not the way the world works. There's this verse in Proverbs 18, 12, says, Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. So the great reversal is we think in our culture we want to be honored, and the way to that is pride and achievement, but what we find it's actually humility comes before honor. So for those of, of you who pull back from a focus on yourself and humbly seek the glory of God and the service to others, you will receive honor. Jesus says this in Matthew 23, 12. He said, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. That will always happen. It's always going to happen. You exalt yourself, you will be humbled, guarantee you. And if you humble yourself, you will be exhausted. And it might not happen in this life. Because I know some of you are like, yeah, I'd like to know when I'm going to be exalted because I'm sick and tired of being humbled. Right? Well, think about Jesus. He came down, took on flesh. He humbled himself, died on the cross for sinners. And what happened? God exalted him to the right hand of the Father. And now you, you may be wondering, okay, when's that going to happen for me? When am I going to have, we, we would say, when, when's, when am I going to get my breakthrough? When's my breakthrough? When's it going to happen? When am I going to be exalted? I'm tired of humbling myself. And I think a, a key verse for you is 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that, are you ready? At the proper time, he may exalt you. And you may think, well, when's he going to exalt me? When am I going to have this breakthrough? Well, at the proper time. And you may wonder, was well, it going to happen in this life? I don't know, maybe. Maybe not but I guarantee you it will happen. For those who are humble, who repent of their sins, trust in Christ, they will be exalted for eternity with Christ. You may never have the breakthrough in your job that you want. You may never be promoted or exalted. Things may not work exactly the way you want in your family or your life, but it does happen on this earth. You will see that those who humble themselves, they are having a time of breakthrough, being exalted. Not because they pulled it off, because God did it. All right, let's keep going with this inner working of pride, uh, um, of of humility. The humble have the right disposition to receive wisdom. If you want to be wise, you have to have this right disposition to receive the wisdom. Proverbs says in Proverbs um, 11, 12, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. So if you walk in humility, you will get wisdom. Uh, do you believe that? The humble are also open to taking advice. The humble are also open to take advice. This comes from Proverbs 13.10. I got an NIV. This is a good one to memorize. Pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. How many of you are teachable? How many of you are teachable? Or are you still that bratty kid and you feel like you're always with your parents? You know how your parents want to correct you and you always say, I know that. And then you grow up and people want to teach you and inwardly you're still that bratty kid. I know that. I don't need to know that. I don't want to. Are you teachable? Are you open to take advice? Or are are you always in the know that you need nothing from no one else? The humble are those who are willing to take advice. 
And the last one I want to share with you about the inner workings of pride is the humble accomplish great things, but give God all the glory. I'm not saying you're not going to accomplish great things, but when you do, who gets all the glory? Proverbs 27, 21. The crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold, and a man is tested by his praise. Some of the hardest times in your spiritual life may not be when you're suffering. Some of the hardest times in your spiritual life is when you are successful. Because when you are successful, what do you do with the praise that you get? Do you give all the glory to God or do you take it for yourself? So if you are a Christian going through a time of suffering right now, I am, I'm, I'm caring and I'm concerned about you, but it's often a time where you will grow. But if you are a Christian, you're going through a time of, of, let's say, prosperity right now and things are going really good, I'm concerned for you. Because you could go off the rails and thinking it's all about you. There is this 16-year-old kid. I was reading his story in this book called Start Here. The book is about uh, how, to do, you know, how to do great things right where you're at. And there's a 16-year-old kid. He circumnavigated the globe on a, um, a 30-foot sailboat by himself. And he talks about how he fought off pirates. <laughs> and he, he fought off the waves and the bad weather. And he, he made it all around by himself. And he was being interviewed by the media. And he's a believer. And so he handled it just right. He, he didn't say, yeah, I was pretty awesome, wasn't I? Can you believe that? All by myself, pirates, sharks. I was, I was great. I was great, wasn't I? Didn't do that. But he didn't do, yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah, no big deal at all. Anybody could do it. Pirates, sharks, it's okay. No, he didn't do that either. He's like, you know, praise God. God accomplished this. God pulled this off. God did this great thing through me. And I think that is the appropriate disposition on how you handle praise, how you handle promotions, how you handle those good things in life. Will the attention come to you or you give glory to God? And what you do right there, whether it comes on you or God, can tell what's going on in your heart and whether you're trending toward the trivial life or toward the weighty life. One of the things that I fear in preaching this is that the ones who don't really need to hear this, I know we all need to hear it, but the ones who don't really need to hear it, who really are walking in humility, will feel great conviction and they'll, and they'll continue to walk in humility, which will be good. But I fear for those who are arrogant and proud right now. And you'll think to yourself, it's not me. Not me at all. And the person next to you thinks to themselves, wow, they need to hear this. I know we said no not to say that, but they need to hear this. So I beg you to examine your heart. We're about to go to a time of communion, of giving, and worship, and praying. But before we do that, I'm going to go into a special prayer time. And I've organized this prayer time in such a way to ask you questions to do this diagnostic on your heart on the inner workings of pride. We're, we're all going to bow our heads and I'm going to ask you these questions. 
And what I want to see happen is the Spirit convict you and the Spirit convict me, and then we'll go to a time of confession and receive forgiveness in Jesus. These are a variety of questions that have been asked throughout the centuries and even are asked today to diagnose, do you have this heart of pride that is ruining your relationships with others, ruining your relationship with God, and heading you on on a track of massive destruction. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Or God will humble you. Because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let's go to this time of prayer. If you bow with me. Are you consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that you are better than others? When you're in your class, do you think you're better than others? When you're at work, do you think you're better than others? Do you think you're better than your spouse? Do you look down on your friends? Do you exaggerate? In your conversations, does most of it center around you? Do you often try to find ways to steer the conversation back to you? Do you feel like you know better than God? Do you dismiss God's standards, let's say, of sexual purity because you think you have a better way? Do you dismiss God's standards with regard to money because you think you have a better way? Do you talk critical of people behind their backs? Are you constantly complaining? Are you constantly complaining? Think back to your recent conversations. Were you complaining about something? Think back to your social media inputs. Were you complaining? Are you constantly complaining? When you make your daily commute, do you often find yourself frustrated that everyone else is driving too slow or driving too, too fast because you're, you're the standard? Do you spend a lot of time worrying about what others think of you? Is it difficult for you to let it go when your, your accomplishments aren't recognized or you're not congratulated? Can you just do a good job to do a good job in the eyes of God? If you sense conviction in your life right now, this is a good time to confess. Confess your sins to God. Remember the gospel of your acceptance in Jesus and love by him. He is not the God who is ready to condemn you to hell for your pride. He is the God who came to die for you, to forgive you because of your pride. He died in your place. Confess your sins to God.
Father, we're all guilty of pride. I just ask that today that our um, disposition will start to change internally, where our interactions with others will be gentle and kind and loving and merciful and have a tone filled with the gospel, realizing that we were objects of your wrath and we get mercy. May we extend mercy and grace to others. And may we walk in humility as we follow Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.